Hello, and welcome to Some Kind of Podcast. This is a podcast where we entertain you by talking about what entertains us. I'm this week's host, Tim, and I'm obviously joined by my dynamic duo, Christian. Hello. And Cody. Hello. So, got lots to talk about today, gentlemen, so let's just get right on into it. Um, briefly going to recap the uh, Sony State of Play that happened over the past week. Um, uh, for those of you that uh, didn't get a chance to see it, I'll allow me to plug the fact that Cody and I did live stream it, and I believe that we recorded it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I haven't edited sure. it, but... Sure, we we'll see that recorded it, and then hopefully by the time you're listening to this, it's on the YouTube channel. So go check it out at some kind of entertainment uh, on YouTube. But anyway, I just want to get you guys kind of brief thoughts on it all. Um, I'm just going to kind of list out everything that they kind of went over a little bit, and then just kind of get your general impressions of the whole entire state of play of themselves. So the first thing up is that they went over the PS5 enhancements for Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Uh, then from on there, they went to the all new Returnal gameplay that looked pretty interesting. Uh, they introduced a game called Sifu, I guess is what it's supposed to be called. It's about a Kung Fu master. It's coming mm-hmm. out sometime this year. Uh, they went into a little bit more about Knockout City, which is like Fortnite meets Dodgeball. Um, they journeyed inside a new game called Ultra Void. Um, not a whole lot known on that. I think that's the game that was sort of like journey esque. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Went into f- a little bit further in depth to Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, which looks terrifying. Uh, a little bit of Oddworld Soulstorm. Uh, they released a. Uh, they announced the release date forward of April sixth. Um, some gameplay on the new Kina Bridge of Spirits game, which looks pretty cool. Debuted a new trailer for Deathloop. And then, obviously, the big thing at the end of the Sony conference was on June 10th, Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade. So, um, your thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, Well, my initial thought is that uh, comparatively to the Nintendo Direct, it was light years better. Uh, Yeah, Nintendo Direct was kind of boring. Like, there was, like, two things I cared about in the Nintendo Direct. Um. I, I, honestly, as I sit here right now, I can't think of a single thing that they went over in the Nintendo Direct. Only thing I really cared about was the uh, the Legend of Zelda HD. Port. No, Skyward Sword. Yeah, Skyward Sword. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Sony. Uh, I still haven't played the new Crash Bandicoot game. I was waiting for the PS5 version, so I'll probably p- pick that up. Um. Uh, Shifu or Sifu. I'm actually really I think it's Sifu. Sifu. I'm I'm really excited <laughs> about that. That looked really cool and unique. Um What was the uh Returnal, right? Yeah, Returnal is the game that like the It's like it's like a Souls like game, but it's in space. It's, it's like Souls meets Dead Cells almost, where like you yeah. die and then you get upgrades and then you just progress further. I'm uh I'm pretty into that. Um I have uh what what was it called when you just like to punish yourself? Was it masochist? Masochism. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I enjoy the Souls game so much, but yeah, I'll, I'll get it. Um, the Journey esque game that you were you mentioned. Um, um, yeah. Um, Ultra Void. Ultra Void. Yeah, I mean it looks pretty. Oh, sorry, sorry. 
um, you go inside the Ultra Void, the game's actually called Solar Ash. Oh, Solar Ash. Okay, yeah, that sounds that sounds more familiar. Um, I'll probably pass. I mean, like it, it looks cool and pretty and unique and like a fun little like platformer adventure game, but I'll I'll pass. Um, I couldn't care any less about Oddworld. I I, I there's <laughs> nothing uh, intriguing about that series at all to me. I I, know... I played them. I played the original Oddworld Abe's Odyssey when I was a kid, and it was really weird then. And it was in the '90s when things were just yeah kind of weird in general for most for like for it to be a kid i guess um so i kind of on the same board with you with that uh, i mean obviously it still has a fan base so kudos to you whoever you are uh it's like that one browns fan that's out there um <laughs> no i honestly i am i know a lot of people are mixed on it but i am so stoked for integrated uh for the the remake. there are mixed reviews on it yeah well a lot of well okay there's mixed reviews mainly because it's it's ps5 exclusive um uh, it's not com- it really yeah it's not coming to ps4 um interesting yeah you can't you can't uh pre-order it on ps4 so a lot of people are pissed because they can't get a ps5 it's mm. so crazy difficult to get one so, yeah. you know, it's hard to get excited about something you have no chance of playing because you can't get one because it's being scooped up by bots and scalpers. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I sympathize with those people for sure. Um, but I'm I'm really excited about the implications of what Integrate is uh, because it's it's new story. It's not something that was in 7. Um yeah, it's weird because like it looks like Yuffie's wearing that. I, don't, I'm gonna, I was about to say stupid, but weird. It's so the, the Moogle. It's an odd Moogle outfit. The Moogle like Shaw thing she has on hood, whatever. Um, uh, is actually a throwback to Dirge of Cerberus. Uh, she was oh, wearing okay. that in Dirge of Cerberus, which is far after seven. So I, I think it was just like a nod to the game. Um. But I'm more intrigued because the Yuffie that was in that trailer is not the Yuffie that's in Seven mm-hmm. in terms of personality. Because Yuffie is not a happy, like, go lucky, like, fun person in Seven. Um, really? Because, I mean, I never really knew. Because. <laughs> uh, Yuffie, I mean, none of the characters in Final Fantasy VII are voiced, so well, it's no, but kind of hard I, to tell. I, just by like, she she didn't she didn't joke, she didn't joke around and you know laugh at everything. And then like you look at her in like um, uh, Advent Children, and she's very like, I don't want to say motherly, but she's she's very stern and like you know protective of her materia, and uh, she's very like. You know, we have a mission to do. Let's do it. Uh, and she seemed way more happy in that trailer. Yeah. So I think my my you know prediction of it is that I think this is going to take place during the events of the remake, and then something's going to happen that is going to completely alter her personality. Like that guy that you're with, I think is probably going to die, and it's going to affect her. Yeah, so I'm I, actually looking up his name right now. Hold on. I think it's like Sonin or something like that. Yeah. 
uh, go ahead, keep talking. Uh, anyway, he doesn't show up in any of the other games, so that's why I think he's going to die, and I think it's going to affect her and make her the Yuffie that, like, I'm used to. So I'm I'm interested to see how they do that, like a little prequel for for Yuffie. Yeah, I um, mean. It definitely doesn't look like it's the next chapter, though. No, no, no. It is an episode in the series, but it is not the next chapter. I think they briefly said something either during the direct or after the direct in like another little announcement that they are working on the next part for the remake, but they didn't give anything other than it's going well. Okay. So... Um, it doesn't. If the, Square Enix doesn't even officially announce this guy's name, and I couldn't find it anywhere. But they said it in the trailer. In the trailer, <laughs> and they, it, it's on his little name card. I think it's like Sonin or something. I, I could be really wrong. Um, but yeah, I'm super stoked for that. But that's I'm. Uh, I know, <laughs> listening, you guys can't see it, and I guess you won't see it in the video either because you can't see your cameras. But uh, I've got all kinds of seven memorabilia behind me. Yeah, I see a cloud poster right there. Um. Yeah. Christian, what are your thoughts on the state of play? So, I mean, I think I'm a little bit different from what Cody was stating. I I would put the Nintendo, uh, not the Pokemon, you know, release, but just the generic one that came out the first part of last week and the uh, latest state of play kind of on par with each other. Because there wasn't really much from either one that I was super stoked for. Like, I was waiting for, like, the ball to drop during the state of play and be like, and bam, here's this new game that no one knew was coming and everybody's excited and it's awesome. And it didn't really happen. I mean, I guess it kind of did with seven. Like, I mean, like I thought that was cool to doing that. And I agree with Cody that probably is going to piss a bunch of people off since it is exclusive to PlayStation five. Um, and I'm, I, and as soon as it came up, I was like, well, at least Cody and some will be excited. Cause I mean, I played a backstory. I mean, I've never really played much of final fantasy series, um, I played 14 with you guys online, which was really my first really big experience with the ser- franchise. Yeah. Um, and then I finally got around and I played seven remake and like, I was fine with it. It's just, I think I've just kind of come to accept that it's not my cup of tea. It's not my go-to game that I really enjoy. Um, but I do appreciate it. And I know there's a massive fan base for it. Um, and it was, a, it was a great game. So it's great to see that they're doing more content for it. Um, but just like as a general, usually when Sony decides to do a state of play, it's because they've got something awesome that they want to share. And I just kind of felt like it was a bunch of tiny updates to stuff we already knew about. Yeah, I will say that like um, with the with the besides like the integrate thing, they didn't really announce anything new. No. I mean, I guess if you're in, cool. into Five Nights at Freddy. That was something new, I think, that yeah. wasn't announced before. I was going to say, but I, I don't never... think Five Nights was announced before, and then Sifu was new. Okay, yeah, yeah Sifu was new. But other than that, like, there was nothing major. I was kind of hoping that, like, maybe we might get a little tease about God of War or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they didn't even mention it at all. Um, you know, I know that, not to kind of, like, out anything right here, but when all three of us worked at Yield Game Shop, um it was almost like one of those ads that just kind of played on the tv behind you is kind of what i thought of the state of play um i don't know um that's how they usually are though the state of plays are notoriously short and pretty like quick to the point 
Well, I mean, I think in the in years past, but uh, in the past like year to two, uh, Sony's uh, heavily um, leaned on them for their big announcements because they've backed away from being even present at all at E3, which used yeah. to be their main showcase. Mm-hmm. Well, I know um, like, E3 is like essentially almost dead at this point. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure the quarantine has not done it any favors yeah. either. If there wasn't one last year, I don't think. And They just I mean, did like a really a... long state of play, I think. Yeah. I mean, I could totally see them doing like states of plays or, you know, Tinder directs or whatever the heck Xbox does. I don't even pay attention to them <laughs> <laughs> uh, around the time that E3 would be. But I don't think that, you know, E3 is going to be much of a thing. I don't know, unless they want to unveil new hardware. I think that the only reason why Sony or Microsoft or yeah. Nintendo would go to an E3 anymore. No, I, th- I think it'll... Uh... I think when they left E3, because it was pre-COVID when they left E3. Uh, yeah, the Sony hasn't been at E3 in like two years now. Uh, yeah, it's been a bit. Yeah, so I I I didn't expect anything new from that state of play. Like it would have been nice to see like God of War and everything. Um, but I feel like after the Cyberpunk debacle, all the developers are being hyper cautious right now especially on next-gen systems, which is where I think Nintendo is definitely going to benefit from. Because, I mean, no offense to Nintendo, but, but, they're not using... But are that. they, though? I because, mean, well, you know, no, like, I don't... before Cyberpunk was uh, Fallout 76, and before Fallout 76 was No Man's Sky. So, like, are they? <laughs> I think Cyberpunk was the the kick that the developers i don't know if they needed it or not but it's 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 what tipped the ship and nintendo yeah. wasn't affected by it because nintendo doesn't make hyper you know graphically intense games well you know everyone's always been talking about especially recently with the whole crunch thing with you know people making games and developers and whatnot being pushed to work 80 90 hour weeks and not really sleeping or eating or seeing their family to meet deadlines yeah so i mean if cyberpunk was what they needed to have to finally maybe relax a little bit because i know for instance i was watching some um gameplay on biomutant which i knew nothing about until recently um and the reason why it was delayed because it's supposed to come out years ago actually um was because of crunch yeah. So they were trying to avoid it. And so that's why they pressed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they wanted to fix bugs too, but they wanted to like take their time. Now, I don't know how accurate that is because I wasn't seeing anything from um, the studio itself, but that's what was being reported. They announced it forever ago and they had like one like cinematic trailer and then there was almost nothing for like a year, year and a half. And they've just kind of every now and again just been like, yeah, we're still working on it. um so yeah well i guess the only things we haven't really touched on uh just to kind of bring up to get your thoughts on um how do y'all feel about knockout city which is essentially dodgeball meets Fortnite? i'd happily pay 20 bucks for it as a side game to fool around with and i'd also could easily see it being just like the free game of the month for PlayStation so 5 what if at it some was, point later. What if year. it was free to play? Yeah, I mean, if it was free to play, I'd definitely check it out. I tried out Destruction All-Stars, and I, I'm glad I didn't pay money for that game. So, <laughs> Yeah, 
I was actually going to say, because of Destruction All-Stars, I don't think I will pay for that game. Really? Because Destruction All-Stars was such a disappointment to me. Uh, I'm so glad it was free. Um, yeah, I would not want to have paid more than 20 bucks for that game. I, I would have been mad if I paid 20 bucks for that game. Um, I think I would pay like maybe 15 for the, the dodgeball game. What's it called? Knockout City. Knockout City. Like, I could see it being fun, but I, I could also see just me personally losing interest really fast. You can use your teammate as a ball. Oh, boy. It reminded me a lot of uh, Splatoon. It, was, it looked that? like Splatoon, yeah. Overwatch, and Fortnite, like, just merged and made a dodgeball game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, let's see here, uh, Kina, which is the Bridge of Spirits game. Oh, yeah, that's a little, no-brainer. I'm getting the crap out of that. The little characters. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. So the the price tag on on Kina kind of throws me off because I think it's like thirty nine or forty. Yeah, it's forty. It's forty for the base game, fifty for the for the deluxe, which is what I got. So the but like and then like the whole marketing towards next gen games is that when a fully fledged next generation game like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart comes out, the base price for the not deluxe or anything like that, just the basic game is sixty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So if the basic thing of this is thirty nine, it's a short game. Yeah, like I like it, I'm kind of disappointed then because I, like yeah. I was looking forward to that game and I want more to actually play than just a thirty forty dollar like indie game that you're probably going to might be less something than ten hours. You know, I don't want to like put in that, but it might be something like an Okami or like Pathways that game that came out uh, when the PS5 launch were like it's just really short and has more about exploring than it is like action based. Yeah, I think, uh, and I think I said something similar when we were watching the state of play, but I think it's going to be more of a cinematic game where you know it's more about exploring and you know there there will obviously be some fighting and whatnot, but I think there's going to be a ton of cutscenes. Yeah, a lot of story. Uh, and I and I think the story is going to outweigh the length of the game, but I think that's no, why yeah. it's not a full price game. I mean, I'm excited about it. I think I'm going to pick it up. Everything oh, I've seen so far has gotten me like, it's gotten me be like, okay, this is something I could probably get into at least. You know, if, if it's only forty dollars, I mean, I can't really be too mad at that. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing, obviously, would be Death Loop. They revealed a new trailer. I just can't um, make up my mind on that game. I go I go back and forth on I it like, regularly. Really, I really want it. I think it looks like it's a lot of fun. Which is surprising to me because knowing you and how much you hate first person shooters, I know it's like just, it's bizarre to me that you're like I want this game. It just looks like I don't know different. I don't know. It looks like it would be fun. I don't know. Christian think- do you- yeah, so I, I definitely think you're right. It does look really interesting. And I think you and I are, are probably all of us are under the same. Like it's it's so far removed from like the typical norm of a first person shooter and has such a different play style along with really cool graphics. And, yeah, it reminds me of Borderlands. Yeah. It kind of reminds um, me of like Borderlands and um, uh, Dishonored. Mm-hmm. Never played Dishonored. But, it had that um, like teleportation um, aspect to it. But by uh, putting out by a developer like Bethesda, like, you know, that like they have a lot of effort put into that game and then it's going to be great. 
the biggest concern with me is I guess also why the game looks interesting with, you know, having to like recycle through time over and over and over again until you can finally beat the other assassin and make it to the end of the game. Once you've done that, I don't think there's any replay value. So I, I mean, I could be wrong, but like from what the marketing they've done so far um, since they announced the game, it kind of, they've just kind of shown the same trailer with the slight modifications over and over again. So it kind of seems like how it's going to be. And then the other side of it, is that Bethesda was bought by um, Xbox. So yeah. as far as the longevity of this, like say if the game is phenomenal and it's great, the likelihood that it's ever going to get a sequel or any updates is probably very, very small. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested because it is available to buy right now on the PlayStation 5 it's store. Actually, so I guess it's actually on discount to pre-order. I'm pretty sure it's been on discount since for like months now <laughs> yeah. which also i find weird like uh that for some and it could just me reading too much into it but i feel like whenever there's a pre-order for a game and they're willing to offer you a discount just to pre-order it i, I kind of have a concern about that like I the don't only know. thing that like really concerns me it's it's kind of like games like dead cells and you know returnal itself is that like how long is really the game if half of it is about starting it over and over and over again when you die right yeah yep so, you know, are you they just replacing content with just doing the same stuff over and over again? Well, I see. And like the thing with Returnal that I think stands out from Deathloop is that with Returnal, when you die, the world changes. Like it's not. That is true. With Returnal, not it's not the same. When you come back. And I don't I don't know if Deathloop is like that, too. It I don't could be similar. I don't think the world changes, but I know the enemies do. So like the enemies will appear in different spots. Yeah. Because they're all, everybody there is conscious of the loop. Yeah. So like when you kill somebody and you loop back, they know that you killed them and they'll probably avoid where you killed them. So like to that degree, I think that's kind of cool that like if, if the AI actually learn and recognize what you did and then like make, preparations to stop you from doing it again that's kind of cool but like christian said i'm i'm, I'm more worried about in game and like replayability okay so i mean that essentially wrapped up the whole kind of state of play thing i mean i know that like you guys are kind of split on how you felt about it i thought it was okay i thought it was a little short personally but i mean i mean somebody's kind of notorious for kind of just doing these throughout the whole entire year so yeah they're 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 not like nintendo nintendo drags them out yeah for nothing essentially i don't know i didn't really i don't know about you christian i didn't really see anything in the nintendo direct that i really want to pick up so yeah i mean again it was just kind of a bunch of updates like it wasn't like nothing major was announced so Alrighty then well Moving right along, we have our first Metacritic update. Um, for those of you that need a refresher on what that was, on episode three, uh, Cody, Christian, and I made predictions on what we think uh, Metacritic results would be for 10 video games and 10 movies that are supposed to come out in 2021. The keyword there is supposed to, because obviously, given the state of things, things are kind of a little bit in flux for most of the time. Uh, we made predictions on what we thought the percentages were going to be. And based on what the percentage is versus what we predicted, we get points. So to kind of recap the whole points thing, if you were 100% accurate, dead on the money, you got four points. If you were within two um, 
points of the actual percentage, you got three points. If you were in five points, you got two. And if you were within 10, you got just one singular point. Uh, and if you were that far off and did more than 10, you get a you suck because you don't get anything. <laughs> you get jack is what I'm saying. Um, so out of the, the 20 that we picked, their first one that came out was, was Persona 5 Strikers. It released on February 19th. You could play it a little bit earlier if you had if you bought the collector's edition or whatever. Um, you got it like four days earlier. Um, or it might have been the digital collector's edition. I can't remember. Um, so um, I, we went to wait about a week to 10 days um, before we actually took the actual Metacritic result just to make sure that, you know, there wasn't an influx of people voting and whatnot. Um, so I looked yesterday, which would have been day number 10 from the release of Persona 5. Um, at least on the day of recording by now it's been by the time you're hearing this it's been it's been longer <laughs> um so the metacritic so i guess i guess i'll go with our predictions first so for persona five strikers christian guessed in 84 i guessed in 85 and cody guessed in 82 percent uh the actual one uh from metacritic as of yesterday was in 84 hey. so that means Right off the bat, Christian nails it right on the head uh, and gets four points. Uh, Cody and I were still within two because he guessed an 82 and I guessed an 85, which means we each get three points. So if there was a leaderboard right now, if you want to look at it, Christian's on top with four points and Cody and I are tied for second with three points. So it makes me a little bit worried because Christian – was the person that set this up and now he <laughs> <laughs> it's true he gets one right on the bullseye right from the jump <laughs> i uh, i did not have any prior knowledge i promise insider um, training yeah <laughs> um some things up up forward to the next two things that are on the radar for the month of march uh monster hunter rise does come out uh i think on the 21st it's at the end of the month at some point yeah and then uh, Godzilla versus King Kong was supposed to come out this week, the first week of March when we're recording, but it actually got moved to the end of March. So it's now releasing oh, on wow. March 31st. And Story of Seasons. And Story of Seasons? Okay, I didn't even see Story of Seasons on there. So we have three of our Metacritic predictions coming out in March. So um, be prepared for more updates going down the line. But for right now, Christian leads the pack with four points. Well, so. Really cool. Well done, Christian, and your insider trading. <clears throat> Not saying it was a setup, but you know, feels like a setup. setup. <laughs> I will say, like when we did the whole thing, Christian made the point of like I've never seen a score this high for one of the things that we did, and I'm kind of like, maybe I should have listened to Christian <laughs> a little bit better because now I'm a little bit concerned about all my other picks. Yeah, but hey, you know, we were all we were still within two, Cody, for this one, so. We weren't it is what it is. completely wrong. No, no, we were we were pretty accurate, just not as accurate as Christian. Nope. Uh, I think he was going up there and like just voting, <laughs> <laughs> trying to boost the score. Trying to boost it up. He, you know, to it got to eighty five, and he was like, "Ah, oh, crap! Negative, 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 negative." He's texting like his sister, like, "Hey, go on here and like, <laughs> Ashley, go vote negative." I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway. I digress. Um, so, big topic of discussion today, gentlemen. Uh, 
It is the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. Um, at the time of recording, it happened three days ago. Um, Pokemon Red and Green in Japan, it was green in Japan, it ended up being blue in America, was released on February 27th, 1996, which means just this past weekend um, was the 25th anniversary. So I wanted to have a little topic of conversation about Pokemon today. So first of all, um, what is your guys' relationship with Pokemon and such of like, how do you feel about now, how you were introduced to it, things of that? Yeah, so I mean, Pokemon was, uh, I think we even talked about this back on episode one or two. Uh, Pokemon was my first big obsession game. You know, it was the first series that I really latched on to, played for hours and hours and hours. When I when I first played Pokemon Red, uh, I basically was going to all the game shops around uh, where I was living at the time up in Pennsylvania, trying to track down the other ones, even though all, <laughs> every single time I went into a game shop, my parents would try to get the people to convince me. They're like, hey, it's the same game. There's just a few different Pokemon and that's it. And I didn't care. I wanted all of them. So that's what like, I put, started off with Pokemon Red, went to uh, Pokemon Yellow, and then I think I got Blue. I can't honestly remember on that one. Um, but yeah, and then I've played it since I haven't missed a generation since the original one. Um, I guess I missed the first launch uh, of Red and Blue. Um, so when I played it, it was a little while afterwards. But then going forward, I played pretty much every single generation at launch. So it's happy birthday to Pokemon, and I am going to continue playing for probably ever. Yeah, Cody? um, Pokemon Red outside of like Tetris, um, was the first game that I ever played um on a game boy and uh i got it i I didn't get it at launch i I definitely got it towards my birthday in 96 when it came out um which is at the end of the year and uh yeah like like christian i was hooked i haven't technically missed a generation i just never finished sun and moon because i (laughs) hated it uh, I played it and then didn't finish it because I have feelings about that game. But okay, uh, we can get into that a little yeah. bit depth in more depth here. Um, love, love Pokemon, always will. Sure. Um, I had a little bit of an interesting start to Pokemon. Um, I wasn't immediately on board with Pokemon. Uh, not that I hated it or anything. I just was one of those people that like wasn't in the know when new things were coming out um you know i wasn't i wouldn't say that i you know suffered or anything when i was a kid i just i don't know i went outside and played more than i did anything else like i was at the park so i just missed out on some of the new cool things that are coming down the line but a friend named ryan um and you know around the time that pokemon was getting big there's another show uh, that came out in the mid to late 90s that was getting really popular called south park um <laughs> and my friend ryan was really into south park and there was an episode that came out about chim pokemon <laughs> uh or something like that or chim yeah something like that uh and it was making fun of the whole pokemon addiction kind of thing uh and my friend ryan was watching it because i wasn't allowed to watch south park and one day he was just kind of talking about the episode and i was like what the heck is Jim Pokemon? And he was like the whole Pokemon craze. And then from there, I started watching the show. <laughs> so I kind of became the crowd that he was making fun of, but whatever. Um, and then I did play Red. Um, I don't know where in the release calendar it was in, but I did play Red. 
Um, I never got blue, but I did play red um, on my mom's boyfriend's Game Boy because it sure as hell wasn't my Game Boy. <laughs> um, and uh, that was a fun fact. I also only played Tetris on it too. So it's just funny that those were the only two games that I also played. Um, and that was kind of my introduction for Pokemon. But considering the game here, what um what were your starters? What were your picks for your starters here for each generation? There's, so far, there's been eight, but I'm kind of saying like eight and a half with the Let's Go Eevee Pikachu yellow kind of era that's kind of sort of in the early aughts slash a couple years ago. So what do you guys, what did you guys pick? Um, well... So I yeah I I would put let's go in like Gen One because I'm pretty sure it was just that's kind of why I did like the original you know, one fifty one eight and a half. Well, if you play let's go, there is new Pokemon in it. You can get Melton. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's true. Or like the end game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the base game that's just the one fifty one. Um. Uh, for all eight gens, with the exception of let's go and yellow. Because they force you to pick, you know, Pikachu or Eevee. Um, I picked the fire type. So I had Charmander, <laughs> uh, Cyndaquil, Torchic, Chimchar, Tepig, Finnegan, Litten, and Scorbunny. For okay. just down the line. Fire. <laughs> just 100% fire, I just huh? Burn the competition, man. <laughs> He's too now- resistant. Was any one of these Pokemon like evolved into like a favorite Pokemon, or did you just like the fire type in general? I just like the fire type in general. Um, I mean, my favorites out of the starters uh, are probably uh, Cyndaquil and his last evolution, Typhlosion. Typhlosion. Yeah. Um, but my favorite Pokemon of all time is Gengar. Oh, you're a Gengar guy, huh? Interesting. You like his Mega Evolution? Oh, yeah. I love his Mega Evolution. I just think it's weird. It's just his big head. <laughs> I mean, that's what Haunter is. I, I really just like the, the whole ghastly evolution chain, but... Yeah. Okay. Christian? Uh, Yeah. So, I guess going through Generations 1 through 8, uh, I always thought in the back of my head that I was more of a fire type, as Cody was. And so when I was running through the generations the other day, I was really surprised at actually how like somewhat more diverse over the three types of starters that I was. So I started off with fire types. Uh, my first ever was Charmander. Uh, and then I went to Cyndaquil uh, within Silver. Uh, and Cyndaquil is my favorite starter of all time. I'm excited to see him again in, the, in next year's game, uh, Pokemon Arceus. Um, and so, yeah, and his evolution is also a uh, Typhlosion. I love, absolutely love. Um, and so, and then the following that for Gen 3, my first and only grass type I've ever picked was Trico. I don't really know why. Looking back on it now, I feel like I, I definitely should have chosen differently. Um, <laughs> I had cho- today, I probably would have chosen like Mudkip. Hmm. Um, and then going forward from there, I went through like a water phase. So I did Piplup, Oshawott, Froakie, and then coming up to Gen Seven and Eight, I did. I went back to Fire types and uh, did Litten and Scorbunny. So I did overall of the of eight generations. I have four Fire type, three Water, and one uh, Grass. Did so. you play the Let's Go? I did. Yeah. So in Let's Go, I guess tying in with Gen One, um, I did Eevee. Okay. As well. Cool. 
All right. So <laughs> this is going to sound a little bit uh, copy and paste here, but I was also a big fire type guy. Maybe that's why we're all friends. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it even in, uh, went as far to like when I picked my team for Pokemon Go, I picked Valor because it was Moltres. Same. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to pick the fire type because yeah. that's what I do. <laughs> um, so generation one, red and blue, I picked Charmander because uh, when I was a kid, Charizard was the, the be all oh. end all for Pokemon. In fact, I, I watched a YouTube channel list, or well, sorry, not list, but rank all 151 Pokemon. And Charizard was number one. It beat Pikachu, which is the mascot for Pokemon. <laughs> so, you know, you can love Pikachu all you want, but the real OG King Daddy Goat is Charizard. It is. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, he was OP. So my favorite game of the series is, is Silver. Um, so I went with Cyndaquil again because I also love Typhlosion. He's a good Pokemon. Lugia is um, <laughs> I skipped three and four, but I skipped generations three and four, but I'm going to come back to them um, because I did some fantasy picks if I were to play these games right now. Um, so skipping on to generation five, which was uh, black and white, I picked Tepig because it's a fire Pokemon. Um, I went with Fennekin for X and Y. I'll get back to Fennekin here in one second. I never, and then I never played Generation Seven, so skipping on to eight was obviously Score Bunny. But on a second playthrough, I did pick Grookey, uh, mm-hmm. just just because I thought Rule of Boom was kind of cool, um, and everybody was all up Sobble's butt. Like, <laughs> I, I I'm sorry, I'm, I'm gonna try and be like most people, like I don't want to pick him because it's cool, but the internet fell in love with Sobble. I mean, I was not quick. a fan. Yeah, at I all. wasn't a fan, but yeah, they did. <laughs> and then obviously I had Let's Go Eevee. Um, so I had Eevee as a starter. Um, so I never played three and four, so I did some fantasy kind of picking here. Uh, for Generation 3, I would also want with Trico, mainly because um, the shiny version of Trico is one of my favorite shiny Pokemon. Also, the Mega Evolve version of Serpentile, which I think is the final uh, version of uh, Trico, uh, it becomes a dragon type, which I think is really cool. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, so the Mega Evolve version uh, becomes a Dragon-type Pokemon, which is really cool. Uh, Generation 4, I actually would have picked Piplup myself, because I think the Penguin's really cute. Hey, yeah, em- <laughs> em- Empyreon, I think? Empyreon, yeah. It's, it's yep. also Water-Steel, which I think is a cool, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, type type difference. And then um, for Generation 7, which is Sun and Moon, which I think was gone off when I play, um, I would have picked Litten. I would have went back to Fire. So I actually went from... <laughs> I picked all three and the, the, the generations that uh, I, I didn't play as. But um, going back to Finnegan, uh, the reason I picked Finnegan is because when there was original 151, I had two favorite Pokemon. It was Alakazam and it was Charizard. Uh, so, you know, Psychic and Fire were my two major kind of things. When I built decks when I was a kid, I would put Psychic and Fire together. Mm-hmm. And Finnegan, when it becomes Delphox's file form, is a Psychic Fire Pokemon. So it is without a shadow of doubt that Delphox is my favorite Pokemon. So oh yeah, so that's your favorite Pokemon of all time or favorite starter? No, it's my favorite Pokemon is Delphox. I don't think I ever even said mine. Mine's Lucario. Oh yeah, well I think I, th- I mean in I knew my that, head but... I knew that that was your favorite, so it didn't <laughs> register that you didn't say it. Like it was no, just it was like, the... yeah, it's, it's Lucario. If you know your life and you know that I like Pokemon, you know that I like Lucario. So it was just mutually understood here that that was my pick. Yeah, no. Um, honestly, when you said it, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, of course. Lucario. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> yeah, but Delphox, Fire, Psychic. Um, 
those two combinations, I think, are both really cool. Yeah. A and were my favorite as a kid. So when I saw that Del Fox came fire second, I was like, oh no, you're so cool. Um, which you know, no one really ever hears anyone say Del Fox. I think I'm the only person that like is in love with Del Fox. But... I, I mean, I love Del Fox, especially as like if I had to pick types, like I'm definitely, you know, like ghost fire, mm-hmm. um, you know, ghost psychic fire or whatever. Uh, so Del Fox was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was a great, it was a great Pokemon have. Like I didn't know when I was playing, um, was it X and Y? Yeah. That Del Fox became fire psychic. I'd had no idea. Yeah. Um, so when Braxian, which is the uh, second form of the evolved form of Fennekin, learned side, you know, I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so we all played the games, and I know that we all watched the anime. Uh, and, uh, and I don't know about you guys, but were you ever into the cards? I love the cards. I was obsessed. Um I, some, I, I'm choosing to hold out the idiotic hope that it's somewhere in our attic, but I have a binder somewhere that's not totally, completely destroyed, thrown away in a garbage dump somewhere from my past or whatever, from parents cleaning stuff out that has, I mean, I, at least like seven inches thick of Pokemon cards, including like original Charizard holographics and shit. That's worth some money now, by I, the way. Yeah, worth a, no, I, think a, I think a buck 50 online. That, that binder is worth a ton of money. If you have a dark Charizard, it's at least 200 online. Yeah. Um, more than likely I'm like 99% sure it's just gone. I'll never have it again, but mm. I was all about Pokemon, especially Christian. especially collecting those cards. Mm. Yeah, so between uh, Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards were like the two. Yeah. The the two. I missed the Yu-Gi-Oh train. I, yep. I missed the Yu-Gi-Oh train. Uh, they were the two things that I. It was my first big collection thing that I got obsessed with. Um, I will say that in all the time, all the uh, time I watched the show, all the time I've spent playing the games and battling in there. I spent a lot of time collecting cards. I never really got into playing the actual card game. Oh, no, no, no. I don't know how to play a game. <laughs> Until much, much later. Because I remember having this CD-ROM disc that I could put into my computer. That was actually the TCG uh, Pokemon trading card game. Um, and then when it came up on screen, I decided to just pop it in one day. I was like, I don't know how to freaking play this game. But like, I guess I'll try this out. Um, and then I put it in and it was like, Hey, do you want to do the tutorial and learn how to play? <laughs> and I was like, Oh heck yeah. I don't know how to play this game. Uh, and so I did that. And then once I learned the ropes, I was like, this is awesome. And then, so yeah. I did like, I think like a one tournament and then did Torbly and never really did it again. Well, I didn't have, um, the CD-ROM to teach me, but I know that like we played at the park when I was a little kid. We played the Pokemon card trading card game, uh, but who knows if we played it right? But fun fact: uh, speaking of cards, uh, I met my cousin. I saw him this past weekend, and he had a Pokemon card in his phone case because it was a clear phone case, and I thought that was really cool. So I did the same thing, and oh, cool. I have nice. a reverse holographic Charmander just kind of chilling in the back of my phone case because I thought that was really cool. 
That's awesome. I don't know. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, but I, I also collect the cards. So my real question for you guys with that whole thing is that, like, if you had to pick one and the rest went away between the cards, the game, and the anime, which one would you want to stick around? The game. Yeah, the game. See, I'm a little bit different. I would pick the cards. I really, really I really like the cards, man. In fact, I think Pokemon is what got me into like all my card based, like because I like playing cards. I like card board games. I like collecting cards. So like I think it was the Pokemon cards that got me into that whole entire thing. And I don't think I would want to get rid of that. As much as I love the games, it would be sad not to be able to play a Pokemon game again. With the, with the exception of Arceus, which we'll talk about here in a second, most of them have kind of been copy and paste with just updated graphics and new Pokemon. Well, yeah. But no, and I guess if you rephrase that question and out of the three, uh, one had to go, I think for me, it would be the trading card. Like, Really? I, I, I have too much of like a... Um, uh, I can't think of the word. Collection? I, no. Never mind. I'm just going to move past it. I have too much of a long history with watching the anime to have that go away. Like I grew up watching that anime as it came out and I absolutely love it. I actually have the first uh, season box set um, for the original anime on DVD that I'll go back and watch occasionally. See, I think the anime would be the one thing I wouldn't miss. Really? Yeah. I think if, if I had to, if, if it was just, you know, pick one to go away forever, it would be the anime. Yeah. Like I don't get me wrong, I, I watched it growing up, but like Same. I when it, if it came down to like okay, you can watch Pokemon or Dragon Ball, I was going for Dragon Ball. Like <laughs> Dragon Ball can go. Um so like I, I but that's not saying I didn't like Pokemon. I I watched so much of Pokemon growing up, but like even as a young kid, it bugged the ever living hell out of me that this mofo never aged. <laughs> My dude was 10 years old for like 20 seasons of this show. Do you have a problem with The Simpsons then? Yeah, I don't watch The Simpsons that much either. <laughs> okay. Um. Honestly, like as much as I love Family Guy, it bugs me no, okay, that, okay, that, that okay. Stewie doesn't age. Um, I will say, oh, sorry, good. No, what, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say I will admit totally that in the grant, even as someone who has a passion for the Pokemon anime, the Pokemon anime has never hit its full strides since its original inception. I mean, it's gotten worse, gone in my opinion. I was way downhill. I was. Th- I mean, okay, so we're all talking about this, and this kind of segues into my almost kind of next topic. Um, we were, we were watching this when we were kids. And I was 31 years old when Ash Ketchum finally won a tournament. Yeah. Poor dude. <laughs> I was 31. It was over no. 20 years my before dude, this man won a tournament. My dude has been taking L's for like 24 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then... But Grant, he's gotten some crazy hijinks with like... I mean, highly, sure. Like, you have highly involved legendary Pokemon. It took you 20 years to... And first of all, you let them all go. Yeah. You let Charizard go. <laughs> so I will say since the original show, since the original voice cast and all that, um, have you guys tried uh, Pokemon Journeys on Netflix? It's like it's the awful. newest. I'm just kidding. No, I haven't watched it. Is is it the movie or are you talking about the show? 
I was about to leave this chat and just <laughs> disappear. Is no, that the one that actually follows Red? Uh, yeah, Red's like a side character, yeah. And so, like, Ash teams up with this, uh, I can't even remember the name of Anyway, it's probably the best uh, Pokemon anime, in my opinion, that has come out since the original one. You said it's on Netflix? Yep. It's a Netflix original, actually. Interesting. Check it out. I feel like I missed um, that completely, actually. So, since we were watching this as kids and are obviously still very passionate about it as adults, what do you think has made Pokemon so popular over the last 25 years? The games. Yeah, I mean, the games. And like Tim said, though, like what's interesting about Pokemon as a whole is with the exception of a few games over the years, like Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Coliseum, Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness, it's kind of been a copy-paste formula with updated generations. Like there's new Pokemon in the game, there's new characters, there's a new environment to explore, but it's the same game. So honestly... I think it's the fan base, like the fan base that was from, you know, like us, like this is the perfect example, us all here in this chat that were there at the beginning, still love the heck out of the series all these years later because we'll we fell do. in love with it back then and we'll continuously buy these games no matter what the heck they put out. I still fangirl anytime something new comes out for Pokemon. I'm like, right, <laughs> so me too. And so I think that like, you know, the company picks up, you know, uh, new generations of players as it goes along. But I think the thing that really keeps it going, and I mean, honestly, that might be true with other long-running franchises as well, is just the people, like fans get so invested in the franchise and in the series that no matter what happens, they'll stick with it and they keep buying those games so that it keeps enabling the company to keep putting out more. What's well, because so. we all want that fabled Pokemon game that doesn't exist. Mm, We're getting closer. Well, We're getting well, closer well. to it, but it still doesn't all right, all right, exist. Well, Let's go ahead and segue into this then, you know, um, recently within the last week or so, um, the Pokemon company have announced that it, from what it looks like, uh, you know, we've only saw a very basic minimum trailer in gameplay um, to be the first open world-esque Pokemon game, Pokemon Arceus. Um, so since you guys are talking about it, what are your thoughts on that in the future for Pokemon? Cody has a very vivid imagination as to what the future roadmap of the Pokemon company looks like. So I'll let him take this one. <laughs> I feel like there's some strong opinions coming. <laughs> Look, first off, I don't know if it's pronounced uh, Arceus or Arceus. I've heard it both ways. So I, I, I'll i probably just say Arceus. That's how I've always Whatever. said it. I know what you mean. Um, it's like you're going to jump on me like how I say Jif. <laughs> If you could see my face right now. Oh, my God. Um, okay, I'm going to move past that. Uh, so, Pokemon Arceus. Uh, it does look like it's an open-world Pokemon RPG, which I think is phenomenal. It looks like it's definitely like in the vein of Breath of the Wild, where it's this big, massive open world, and you're going to be able to catch Pokemon and battle them and all that good stuff. Now, we've seen very little about it, so we don't know outside Yeah, it's of... not supposed to come out for another year yeah, at the like, minimum. We, we know that it's supposed to come out early 2022, and that there are battles... Was it even that? Yeah. I just heard 2022. No, they said early 2022. Okay, okay. Yeah, they might have even said spring. Um... 
So yeah, you can but, see that you can actually catch Pokemon yeah, in the wild. They're and running around Pokemon. in wild, and yeah. it looks like it's a free camera, like Breath of the Wild. And there is traditional battle mechanics, because they showed the move set on the screen. Um, but outside of that, we don't know anything. We don't know if there's going to be, you know, some kind of gym leader esque system where you, you're, you know, or dojo system, kahuna system, whatever. Like we don't say it's supposed to take place like and, years. Yeah. It's like, it's like feudal events. Japan. Yeah. So we, we don't, we don't know what that's going to entail. Um, the, the game is called Pokemon legends Arceus. Yeah. So, um, there's going to, yeah, there's going to be some overall plot obviously we don't know what that is we don't know how long the game's gonna be um i i'm intrigued by it i'm definitely excited about it so i've had this and i think most pokemon fans especially if you grew up with the games and the reason people keep buying them is because there's a fabled pokemon game that everyone wants and it's either that well there's like three versions of it there's the mmo that everyone wants where you can run around and literally do, you know, whatever you want in all the regions and, you know, team up with your friends and explore, become a, you know, a police officer with Growlithe and do whatever you want. Uh, and then there's the big S open world game where it's all the regions and you can go from, you know, region to region and battle all the gym leaders and the elite four in each region and then, you know, maybe become like the ultimate champion or whatever. But it would be a big open world, you know, free camera type game. And I think that game is like five to ten years, if not more, down the road. And I feel like over the years they've been testing... We're going to be 40 playing yeah. this game is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think they've been slowly testing the waters... Over the years, like like Christian was saying, because like they they branched off for a, a brief period of time and made like Coliseum and Stadium, and then they did Pokin more recently, yeah, and stuff like that. So you know, and then with um, Sword and Shield, they they introduced the idea of an open world with a slightly freer camera. So I I think that they're just they're testing the waters. So I think. With Pokemon Legends, if it goes well, I think it's just one more step towards that that fabled game that we all want. I think the the problem with Pokemon, in my mind, is that it is essentially copy and paste per game. Like, the, the environments obviously change... Um, you know, new Pokemon or whatever, but the formula is essentially the same. I mean, yeah, but you, you know, know, if it ain't fixed, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. So. Um, but I feel like they're too timid and they're afraid to take that big jump, which is why Arceus, I think, is so uh, surprising to a lot of people because it is a very vastly different game just, just by the first glimpse that we've had. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think you bring a good point. The uh, the Pokemon Company and Game Freak as a whole have been very timid about doing any sort of vast changes to the formula that we've all uh, come to know and love. And I think if Legends work, if Legends works, it'll become its own franchise 
that'll do like an every other year system with the basic core RPG games. So like you might have Gen 9 in 23 and then you have the sequel to Legends in 24 and they'll keep going back and forth for a while. Um, I could, I so, could see that or I could see them, depending on the success of, of Legends, just straight up making Gen 9 in that in that way. Well, oh, just here, like the, oh, go ahead, here's, here's my thought process on it and here's why I kind of I guess I'm sort of agreeing with Christian um, Pokemon as much as we sit here and love it and, you know, are in, well, Christian's not close to his thirties yet, but Cody and I are in our thirties um, talking about it is something that was very beloved to us that, you know, we um, fond us very trailly is that Pokemon is for children. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I don't mean to say that, negatively it's just that's what they're marketing to that's what their whole ploy is towards children you know all the stuff that like they um promote and sell and that's why i think it's so copy and paste with their games is because their games are also meant for children now obviously as their first generational fan base which would be the, all of us here in this chat party have grown up we've obviously been craving and desiring something more than just the generic I'm going to go become a Pokemon master. Yeah. Um, uh, something more in depth and set in almost this reality, which, you know, for a long time, I feel that, you know, the Pokemon company have been very timid about because like I said, you know, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. And for a long time, they've been doing it. So I think Arceus might be the first time that they're actually given a nod to their older audience. Well, I so I, I agree. I agree. I think it's the second time, though. It's the second time. Okay. Um, was it uh, Coliseum Christian with the shadow Pokemon? Uh, Pokemon Coliseum and Pokemon uh, Gale of Darkness. Right. So I think that was their first time stepping out of it because it was dark. It was like uh, there were bad guys with shadow Pokeballs and they were stealing and corrupting Pokemon to hurt people and other Pokemon. Okay. And, and it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And, and it didn't, it didn't go well because again, like you said, their core audience at that time was like 14 mm -hmm. and they still, you know, they've been angling towards, you know, younger crowds. And I don't think we were for lack of better terminology, I don't think their audience was mature enough to get it. And so I feel like those games didn't do too well. At the time, I think now they're, you know, they're definitely like cult classics. Mm -hmm. um, but like at the time it didn't work. And I feel like Nintendo has always been like, oh God, it didn't work. Okay. Okay. Let's never do that again. Let's never do that again. Yeah. And now they're finally getting out of that shell. But I still think it's, it's aimed more towards a younger audience, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, by that logic, though, I mean, I think every single game that Nintendo ever produces is geared towards children. Like, I don't think Nintendo doesn't, as a first party studio, does not produce yeah. anything that's towards a mature audience. No, no, no. It's all, it's definitely younger audience um, or family. But, and, right. And um, based on kind of like what Tim was getting at, though, with the target demographics and audiences, though, I, the reason I don't think the core RPG will ever go away is because it's like the perfect introductory to the franchise. And yeah. so if they keep putting out new games that are following that same copy-paste formula, 
it still works for him because people are being born every single day. People are growing up and discovering video games for the first time. And it's that great um, part of the franchise to just jump in and learn the mechanics of Pokemon and then say like, Hey, once you love it. Okay. And once you get used to it, once you played one or two of those games, then there's this, you know, next step up now, hopefully, which is Pokemon legends, which is a little bit more in depth, more into the lore, more into the backstory um, kind of going the more like, you know, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild route um, and then hopefully down the line like you were saying before Cody maybe it'll be another step above that that'll be an actual fully immersive MMORPG yeah. that we can all I love. think I think there's another game or two in between Pokemon Legends Arceus and the fabled game that we all want I think there's another another two games at least before we get that well, I hope that you know. I think if that... if if Pokemon Legends is going to be, you know, what I what I hope it is, um, and it will eventually lead to that game where like I can actually just be my own trainer and go and do what I want to do, and whether it's you know, catch Pokemon or fight Pokemon or trade Pokemon or breed Pokemon or just have them water my crops if I want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope that the Legends. It, a, it becomes a series, you know, like I would watch, I play a Legends Dialga game or a Legends Mewtwo game or a Legends Lugia. Legends Lugia just sounds like it'd be awesome, um, you know, on various different regions. But like, what, what, what do you want out of Pokemon Arceus? I want it to be successful. I want it to be, in my mind, I, I mean, I would like to see some kind of a, a gym situation or maybe even like you're starting gyms, you know, like you're, you're putting that stuff together. So like you're the first gym leader. Maybe. Yeah. You're the first gym leader or, you know, you're, you're the one that like paves the way and like sets up gyms. Um, but I, I hope that it, you know, I hope that it's not just an empty blank, you know, world i hope that there's multiple villages and towns and uh I, I mean, we briefly talked to steven the other day uh he was hoping that there wasn't going to be like crafting and stuff like that but i think that there will be i think that you know like i mean he joked like it's going to take like two sticks and a clump of mud to make a pokeball or something but like <laughs> i i can kind of that'd be really cool i kind of see that like, what if you had to get like well, first of all, Pokeballs are made by acorns. If we've all played Pokemon, yeah, we know. But you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> um, but if you had to like go find a fire Pokemon to like make it harden, or like if you needed to make something like damp to go find a water Pokemon, that'd be kind of cool. I'd yeah. be on board with that. I- I'd be all for some kind of crafty mechanic, you know, where you have to have specific types of Pokemon to do specific things, and you know, really get in depth with that kind of stuff. Just again to test the waters. I think that's yeah. what this game is. I think it's a test. And depending on how well it goes is going to determine what the next test is. And I think the next test is a game like this that's probably in a more modern time period uh, that would allow co-op to some degree between you and one friend or you and two friends or whatever. No more than four. No more than four people at a time. Um, I think that's the game after this one. And then depending on how successful that is, there's either one more or the the Holy Grail game. Christian, what are your thoughts? What do you want from Arceus? 
Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think first and foremost, kind of like Cody was mentioning, the Nintendo is not known for being a risk taker. Mm-hmm. And so when they branch no. from their mold <laughs> and what they're used to and they take a chance, like I think the Legends kind of is, I just hope it does well. Like I just, whatever it is, I want it to sell well so that Nintendo's, you know, shareholders can be like, Hey, this was a great idea. Let's continue down this path because if it doesn't do well, then we're probably just going to get another 10 to 20 years of just what we've had for the past eight. Which honestly, if I'm being real honest, if we do just kind of, if this is just a one-off and they're not going to do anything with it, I might stop playing the games again for a little bit because they could get kind of tedious just with the copy and paste aspect. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so, and with this next game, like I kind of hope like Cody was saying that like, you don't think there'll be a co-op or multiplayer mechanics in this next one. It'll be down the line. I hope that there's something like, I don't expect it to be like, you know, full on co-op or full on multiplayer, but even in um, like the latest animal crossing game, how you could like visit each other's islands and like the game wasn't co-op by any means and you couldn't uh, the what you could do in the game while someone was visiting your island was very limited so i mean even if they did something like that to where like it could at least start to splash into that multiplayer realm um would be something that i'd love to see yeah. well before um, nintendo even does that like i don't mean to interrupt you but my thought real quick before nintendo even does that they need to add some sort of communication on their online services because right now if you're going to play with your friends you can't really talk unless you want to use the playstation network or discord i mean there's a there's a app there's like a discord-esque app for nintendo but like you have to put on your phone yeah i'm so much rather just just use discord the online services for nintendo definitely need to be ironed out before any pokemon mmorpg is pursued that needs to be the first thing that's kind of, you know, straightened yeah. out and uh, get up to par with PSN, Xbox Live, things like that, and Steam um, before they pursue that. Um, but just on the game as a whole, uh, going back to Legends, I would, I love, I would love to hear some lore. I want to hear about like the foundation of the region. I want to hear about, you know, like the foundation of the Pokemon League itself. You know, whether that's you working alongside the founding members of the Pokemon League and how it started. Maybe, you know, you start to see the first gym or two crop up. Um, I think overall plot, what I'd love to see, um, you know, like if the gym one or two starts to like, you know, get developed and like, you know, made halfway or end game, that's cool. Um, But I would love to see like the foundations of Team Rocket and see like how they started. And then like, you know, it still is like, you know, like the, the enemy is Team Rocket. But instead of being, you know, like, years and years later where team rock is just like this known evil force in the universe like it's actually like at its foundation of like how how did it get started why did it get started and things like that so no i i definitely hope that there's that stuff but in terms of the multiplayer so you brought up a good point with animal crossing i think that's the next game i think that style is the next game because i mean unless they decide to introduce the cartoony style no, no 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 Um, unless they introduce base building into this Arceus game, right, which would be great, um, I think that's the next Pokemon game that'll have base building. Um, and you'll be able to invite your friends to your base and battle them and stuff like that. I think if they're... Or or gym building. Yeah, or gym building or whatever. Um, but I think... If there is any kind of multiplayer in this game, it won't be anything different than what was in Sword and Shield. There will be a specific area 
where you could team up and take on raid battles or something. But I don't I don't personally see it going any further than that, if at all. You'll obviously be able to battle your friends. That's a staple for Pokemon since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Whether it was, you know, the the cable from one Game Boy to the other, like there's always been that aspect of battling your friends. So right. there there will have to be some kind of mechanic for that. Well I just um, always oh I'm sorry, go ahead, Tim. No, go finish. I was just gonna say one last little thought. I always it was such like a tease during the games over the years, whenever you'd have like your rival and you'd be like, Hey, let's team up and take on these two members of Team Rocket or whatever. I was like, This freaking sucks because it's just enough of a tease where I'm like crap this would be awesome if this was co-op and we could actually go through this you know like essentially dungeon of like team rockets hideout together with a friend that would be dope if they're like instances like in like a final fantasy 14 kind of aspect or yeah, wow that'd just be dope. straight up dungeons is dun- dungeons? you just take you just take six pokemon and you guys go and you battle whoever the trainers are in there Yeah, just like a straight up like a legitimate dungeon or raid where it's yep. like oh. a whole like actual thing. Like, can you imagine oh. like a oh. legit like like Destiny or or Final Fantasy fourteen oh, style man. raid with Pokemon? I'd lose my mind. I would. <laughs> I would lose my mind, man. Oh that would man, be so it'd cool. be so good. You uh, just, once you lose your six Pokemon, you're just kind of out. That's oh, the, that's I the would... fabled game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. and I and I think we're we're like ten years before <laughs> it happens. <laughs> If 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 that, like I think it, yeah. it could be longer, but oh, yeah. Well, man. the one thing I really hope that uh, RTS does is that I don't want it to handheld me. I if, if it's gonna yeah. be Breath of the Wild esque, I want it to be Breath of the Wild esque, where like I kind of figure it out as I go along. I don't I, want the like I, yeah. the here's a Pokemon Center. You can heal your Pokemon there. <laughs> I think it will be more Breath of the Wild, and I I. I was going to say this earlier. I truly don't think we would have this game if we didn't have Breath of the Wild. Because Breath of the Wild was the first time that they've taken a legitimate risk with the Zelda series. Outside of like Wind Waker making it all toony and going, you know, like that, that Toon Link route for some of their spinoffs. Uh, Breath of the Wild was a legitimate like left turn for the series in terms of how they played with like breakable weapons and crafting and cooking and stuff like that. Uh, So I think because they took that risk, it's taken them this long to make this risk because that one worked. That's why I think there's another two or three risks down the road that we don't know about, depending on how this one goes. Well, to kind of start wrapping things up here, um, to you know leave the future in mystery because we don't know but to talk about something that we do know um what would your guys's personal favorite moment be with pokemon it could be with the game the anime or the cards something you bought something you experienced what have you uh so i mean i think personally me just as a kid um i think that the moments that stand out the most was, you know, after I got, you know, into the franchise, into the series, started playing the games, I had my Game Boy Advance SP, which was like that weird folding laptop style Game Boy. <laughs> and I'd go to like friends birthday parties. And I distinctly remember this one memory where like we we're at a party and everyone had to put their initials in Sharpie on the back of their Game Boy Advance SP because we all had it. And but everyone had different colors, which was nice. 
Um, and I remember looking up on top of the fridge at one of my friend's houses and then I saw them like stacked up like six or seven high. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, at those parties, you know, of course we would trade with old link cables, uh, battle each other. And so I think it's the, the sense of like uh, community that Pokemon has brought over the years, whether paying with friends online um, through the new like kind of online format of battling or, you know, like at its foundation with the cords and being right next to each other. Um, whether it's the card games or or, uh, or the show, so yeah, my my favorite is definitely similar to that. Um, anyone listening, if you grew up uh, near my hometown of Harrisburg, North Carolina, in the middle of Podunk nowhere, um, <laughs> I went to Harrisburg Elementary, and at the time, uh, there's a grocery store there now, so you can't find it. I'm sorry. Um, it was a two story elementary high school um like it was basically like this big ass castle of a building that i went to school with and uh school at rather and um you know we had like a big old stone courtyard and it was you know this whole thing uh my favorite moment was uh i don't know it was probably first grade uh i don't think it was kindergarten um just sitting out on the stone steps of that school and linking up with uh, a friend in my class for the first time and actually battling him. And then, you know, like that became a semi-regular thing where people would be like, Oh, you guys have Pokemon. I do too. And then it would be like this whole thing where we would all just battle each other and trade. And ah, that was just, that was beautiful. So mine <laughs> um, is a little bit, more personal where I didn't share with anybody. <laughs> um, but when I was playing silver, once you beat silver, you can go and explore Kanto. Uh, and I thought it was just like, okay, I'll go to Saffron city and they're going to do a little something there. And that's going to be the end of it, but Nope, you can go and battle all the gym leaders again. And then if you battle all the gym leaders, you go up to Mount silver. And if you get all the way to the top of Mount silver, there is red and you can battle red and he'll destroy you with his level 80 Pikachu, um, which you probably weren't ready for at that time. But, you know, after you train around Mount Silver, because there's a lot of high level Pokemon there, um, you can eventually beat red. And I remember the first time I beat red, I was like maybe 12 or 13. And I just remember sitting back with like, this is the greatest game of all time. <laughs> and ever since then, it's been sad to me that you, can't go to the other regions and i think that's really sad uh so but that's my personal favorite moment with pokemon is beating red on top of mount silver so fun awesome. fact uh or addition to your story uh i was there when you were playing soul silver mm -hmm. and beat red for the first time in soul silver i was at your apartment mm -hmm. uh with when that was when you had legend and you were living with the two roommates yeah uh we were we were just chilling and you had been trying to beat red for like four days he's so hard <laughs> and then you finally did it and like lost your ever-loving mind so i i definitely remember i can't imagine what yeah. it was like when you were 12 but I probably I, less expletives I, yeah i was gonna say <laughs> I, I was definitely there for the adult tim doing it and that was that was yeah. pretty great yeah 
Well, you know, it, it Soul Silver is be my favorite Pokemon game. I know we talked about that in, in episode one, but yeah. it's it's Soul Silver for me. So when I got the chance to play Soul, or sorry, not Soul Silver, it was Silver. So I got a chance to play Soul Silver. I was back to being twelve year old me with my Game Boy Advance color. Playing. So we said we said for our favorite Pokemon. So Tim, you said your favorite's uh, Silver. Uh, mm-hmm. Your favorite Pokemon game of all time. Um. Pokemon Yellow. Uh, Yellow. Yeah. If if Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee had included battles uh, other than like the, the gyms and like you could actually battle the Pokemon and it was a legitimate remake of Yellow, it would have been that one. Um, but I was not a fan of like the, the catch mechanics of like Let's Go in that game. Um, so yeah, it's definitely Yellow. The fact it was the, it was the first time that... Uh, your Pokemon followed you outside of its Pokeball. And it just, it felt more like the, like it was like, to me, it was that for, it was the anime, the game, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was, it felt like the legitimate Pokemon anime in game form. So that, that to me is my, is my favorite personally. Justin? Uh, so my, I have two uh, that are kind of tied, um, but they all that or they both involve Lugia. <laughs> so I silver is one of mine and the other one is Gale of Darkness, which came out on the GameCube. I never played so, that one. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. So uh, stay Coliseum was the first part of like the shadow Pokemon like yeah. world. And then Gale of Darkness was like, I guess, kind of the sequel to that, but it didn't have the same main character. It was a different and it had a kind of a different plot too. Um, but then like, you know, like the big bad shadow Pokemon that was like end game that you had to beat was Shadow Lugia. Oh. <laughs> and so that was, uh, and like as Cody was saying, like, I think I was like, I was pretty young when I was playing through this and it was super dark yeah, as far you, as you Pokemon like games seven go. Or, or younger. Yeah, I was pretty young. But anyway, I played this game on the GameCube and I was like, I feel like this is too old for me, but I enjoyed <laughs> every moment of it. I was like, this is so cool. This is really um, dark. And I don't think, I mean, even with Silver being my favorite, I don't think I ever beat Red. I don't think I ever really. Went back and it's hard. It. Like, Red, yeah. Red is very difficult because he is at like level. He 80. has all the starters yeah. maxed up. He has his Pikachu, he has his Gyarados. Like he he's yeah he he's 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 Ash, he is what Ash should be, uh, by the end of the first series of Pokemon, but then he's you know Ash is a little you know whatever and (laughs) he ditches Charizard and then like for whatever reason Pikachu loses like all of his abilities and strength every time he goes somewhere new and he's just like, uh, no, I didn't just kill or defeat Mewtwo. Now I, now I can't beat this Tepig. Ooh. If it makes you feel any better, you get a really great, uh, cut scene when you beat red. Yeah. Uh, a little, a little text box comes up and it just goes dot, dot, dot. And he disappears. Yeah. That's all you get. That's all you get. That's really all you get. There's, I think you might get like some sort of item or something. I can't remember. But yeah, I don't remember. You, it's not. I mean, it, you just beat it. So you can be like, I beat Red. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was the character I played in the last game. <laughs> that was me from there, but it's not me because it's Ash. But they can't say Ash because there were two different companies at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you you it, he's hard. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I never played. I I don't really know about a lot of these extra Pokemon games because um, after the Super and Nintendo, I didn't own a Nintendo system. I own handhelds, but I didn't own a Nintendo system until the Switch. Oh wow, I, you didn't have um, like a DS or anything. I had the handhelds. Oh, sorry, I missed that. Like I'm talking about like like an actual console. I didn't uh, own you didn't, any you Nintendo didn't have until the Switch. Switch or the Wii U. Or not the, Switch, the Switch. Not the Switch. The Wii or the Wii U. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't have a 64. I didn't have a GameCube. I didn't have a Wii. I didn't have a Wii U. You didn't miss anything I went from on Wii U. NES to Switch. Because <laughs> I fell in love with Sony in between. So Well, I've always said that, that Nintendo hit its stride with handhelds. That is where they yeah. that is where they are supreme is handhelds. Yeah. Anyway, that's another topic for another day. Yeah. Um, wrapping this up, happy birthday to Pokemon. Do you, either you gentlemen have any final thoughts? No, I, I think I think we covered everything. Yeah, as you said, happy birthday to Pokemon. <laughs> uh, that being said, um, you know, please go out and support Arceus because it's probably something that um, you know will eventually lead to hopefully that mythical game that we're all trying to get for with that being said uh thank you for listening please make sure you like share subscribe and leave a comment uh if you'd like to reach out to us you can find us on facebook and twitter at sko entertainers or visit our website www.skoentertainment.net for more information also check out your you check out our youtube channel for some resident evil um, playthroughs i know that uh cody is vastly editing some that i'm doing and that he and christian are playing resident evil 6 um finally don't forget to join us next week because even on the best of days we all need some kind of entertainment bye guys see you see you